1: Kalen's Coffee Talk is a CastBox original produced alongside with Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. Now obviously you can listen to my Coffee Talks wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope that you'll give CastBox a try because I think it's the bee's knees. So with that, pour yourself a cup and let's get to it. If you're lonely when you're alone, you're in bad company. Jean-Paul Sartre. guys, What's up and welcome back to another coffee talk episode today. I am coming to you live via vanilla latte It's a very basic day for me But I literally got the biggest size that they could possibly make because it was just one of those mornings where actually I had such a deep Deep sleep last night and uh woke up this morning. It was just in a whole other realm of existence So while I felt I got a very good rest I was also just like whoa, I need something to pull me out of the dark depths of the sleep I just came out of. So the largest latte possible it was. I'm actually also in Victoria, BC, coming to you live this time. And I am just about to pack up and head out yet again. Victoria was really cool. Victoria is the last stop before I go to my aunt's. It was more impromptu to come visit my sister and her boyfriend who are here as well. And so Victoria was like a last minute. Wasn't even going to initially do it, but I'm glad I did. It reminds me a lot of my hometown kind of, so been pretty cool. But I've also been able to kind of see the contrast of spending the last two weeks alone versus spending a few days with even just my sister and her boyfriend and the parallel of difference that it's made just from spending those two weeks alone. I have four days left before I go home, which is crazy to me because I've almost pretty much spent the last three weeks completely by myself and it has taught me a lot of stuff. And so it was a topic that I decided I wanted to talk about on my podcast because it made me realize that though I am somebody that, I mean, I live alone right now and I have in general traveled alone before, I I guess I haven't really gone into the depths of how important I think it is or how important it really should be for us to learn to how to spend time alone and how to enjoy our own company and how to kind of be able to hold our own hands in times where we might be out of our comfort zone in order to kind of grow and grasp more of this life, you know? Because obviously spending too much time alone can also be an issue, but not spending enough time alone can make it so that we become so reliant on other people to make us feel good and to make us feel full that then when we are alone, we feel like we're having an existential crisis. I feel like spending even just a couple hours alone every day or every week makes it so that it's easier for us to have some inward reflection of what's going on in our lives and to just kind of recenter ourselves so that we're able to go back out into the world. But that said, I am somebody who is a bit of an extroverted introvert, so I tend to recharge when I spend time alone, whereas there's other people that I know that tend to recharge when they're around a lot of people. Sometimes that happens to me. I do happen to find that given the right circumstances and the right people I definitely feel recharged hanging out with certain groups. But most of the time when I know I need to recharge and I know I need to reflect and kind of just clear the slate and start fresh, I like to do so by spending some time alone, just withdrawing from people for a little bit, getting some time and some headspace to just be on my own and really see where I'm at. Because everything that we see, think, and feel in this life are our own perceptions. And one of the best ways that I think you can sharpen said perceptions tools, optimistic tools, or even just feeling in tune with the world and life around us is to spend some time in your own company. Our relationships with ourselves directly affect our relationship with everything else in our life. If you really truly think about it, the perception that you have on yourself So easily translate to the perceptions that you have on other things and other people I know that there's been times where i've even just been in a really weird spot with myself where I feel like i'm being Extra hard on myself and i'm putting extra pressure on myself And i'm having these expectations of myself that are just not necessarily You know fair I guess and it's during those times that I also tend to notice that i'm a lot harder on other people Especially the people closest to me in my life when i'm putting a really really tough barrier or a tough obstacle in front of myself on purpose just to kind of test myself or prove something to myself like whether it's putting a really hefty deadline on something or kind of creating this lofty goal that i suddenly feel like i have to have done in the next 30 days i get so like pent up and i get so irritable and then i turn around and i look at the people around me and i'm not doing this consciously but subconsciously because i'm being so hard on myself i'm almost Also being hard on other people and expecting more of other people because in my subconscious brain, which is not logical at all, it's thinking, well, if I have to work this hard, everyone should have to work this hard. And that is not a true belief that I would like to attach to. It's not something that I actually believe at all. I think that I know actually that I am very hard on myself and I know that I'm someone that tends to put a lot of pressure on myself. It's a balance in my life that I think I'll constantly kind of battle with only because it's a part of who I am and it's a part of what makes me me. It's a part of what also makes it so that I tend to reach for things that, you know, might seem out of the norm or out of the ordinary because I think that I can. It's just one of those things where I like to believe that if I put my mind to something, I can get it done. But it's also just finding that balance between, okay, I can put my mind to it and get it done, but I could also put my mind to it and get it done while enjoying myself. And that is the part that I am constantly working at. But it's also something that I've realized that when I can take some time to myself and really reflect on the goals that I'm setting and really reflect on how hard I'm being on myself and how realistic I'm actually being – it makes it a lot easier for me to then go back out into the world and be a lot more compassionate towards other people because I have shown that same source of compassion to myself. Even when I think back to the times that I was just so depressed or I was in my darkest hours, I guess you could say. The times where I'm most anxious or I'm most depressed, that directly reflects on how I see everything else in every other relationship in my life. When I'm depressed, for instance, I get into these victim mentalities where I think the whole world is out to get me. Or I just get to a point that I just feel like I don't care about anything at all. And luckily, I feel like I've really hunkered down on dealing with my mental health issues. So I haven't been hit with a really bad, you know, sink of depression in a really long time. But I can still remember, like it was yesterday, what it was like to feel like I just didn't want to get out of bed or I just didn't want to try anymore and just feeling like everybody was living this incredible amazing life And everybody just seems so full and energetic and I just felt so drained and That all stemmed from the relationship that I was having with myself at the time But directly reflected against everything else going on in my life everyone else that was in my life and just My idea or the belief that I attached to about everything going on and so it's weird because it was in those darkest depths of depression that I think I came to a lot of realizations about life that I hold on to now that kind of keep me from ever dipping back down into those really, really dark areas, which just goes to say, if you're listening to this and you do deal with mental health issues, that that is not a crutch. That is not something that makes it harder for you to spend time alone or something that makes it harder for you to enjoy your life. If anything, I try and look at those times in my life now as actually being a tool that brought me to a higher sense of life and brought me to a higher sense of enjoyment and contentment with my life because I was forced to go through these certain obstacles and not only forced to go through those obstacles, but forced to kind of love myself through them, as lame as that sounds, but forced to find the compassion to give myself the break to just stop feeling so heavy all the time. And I don't know if I didn't have to do that, if I would be able to spend as much time alone as I do now and enjoy it because i I've seen the opposite side. I've seen what it's like to spend some time alone and just be miserable, and I don't ever want to be there again. So if you do have mental health issues and you're listening to this and you think, well, I'm already starting way behind everybody else, I actually tend to believe it's the opposite. I think that if you have to deal, and almost all of us do, but if you deal with the mental health issues, you're almost ahead of the game because... It's forcing you to inwardly reflect. It's forcing you to take some time alone so that you can figure out what's going on and what's wrong inside and what belief you have attached to or what perception of life you have attached to so that you can fix it and get back out into the world enjoying everything around you, but also just enjoying yourself. But that goes to say, like, how much seclusion is enough? How much are we supposed to be spending time alone to make it healthy? Because I also know now, because I like to use myself as my own little experiment, that sometimes when I spend too much time alone, I can become really withdrawn and I can almost seem uninterested in life. And I almost make myself uninterested in life because I tend to take too much time to myself. So How do we find that healthy balance? How do we keep relationships with ourselves and relationships with other people that don't leave us feeling hungry, that leave us feeling full and good and feeling balanced in our life? I think it all starts by purging what no longer serves us and being honest with our role and aware of our ego in life because when we're aware of those things, we're able to look at something and know right away whether it is for good or it is for bad. Is it something that's gonna give us great, fast and awesome gratification or long-term, strong, stable kind of gratification? And are we able to keep these relationships because they do serve us a healthy balance and then be able to pull away from them and also spend time alone? Or are we relying way too much on the relationships in our life or not enough on the relationships in our life and basically leaving it too much to ourselves? It sounds so complicated and it sounds very, you know, all over the place, but finding balance is actually very easy. Because the minute that you can pinpoint... When you're acting out of your ego versus when you're acting out of your soul, you're able to pinpoint what is actually serving you versus what is not serving you. So you'll know when you're spending too much time alone, if your ego says, everybody hurts me, I don't need to be around other people, or I don't need friends, screw everyone, or anything along those sorts. That is just a means of your ego trying to protect you, and that's when you know it's a sign that you've been spending maybe just a little bit too much time alone. When you're coming out of a place of, I just need some alone time to recharge, or I just want to reflect a little bit or, you know, I just feel really, really good just kind of spending the night by myself. That is coming out of a place of your soul. That is coming out of a good place for you. And that is what is going to make it totally fine for you to just continue spending time alone, you know? It's a super long explanation as to how I kind of try and make sure that the alone time I am spending is balanced. Because I know that there have been times where I'm like... I'm not going to go out tonight. I don't want to come to this whatever, whatever I got invited to because screw it. Like, I'm too good for this. And that is just pure ego. That's just me trying to think like, I don't need anyone. And that's not true. We all do need people. We all do need relationships. We all need a sense of community. It's actually one of the most important things that I think a lot of us are missing in this day and age because we're so tuned in and tapped into online. I think a lot of us are missing that sense of community and that sense of being a part of something bigger, and that's why it's important to, after you've taken that time alone, to also go and be around other people. The ego is something that has been such a theme for me on this BC trip, like I feel like I've really, really faced down eye-to-eye staring contest played chicken with my ego, and I really got to see sides of myself that I maybe necessarily, not maybe at all, totally just did not want to admit or see in myself, but it was in noticing those things about myself and and being honest in it and taking this time to kind of pull myself out of my day-to-day norm and just be on my own and really reflect on what is my ego and what is truly just me, I have been able to pick out and notice what I'm acting out of a place of fear because the ego is mainly all fear. The ego just wants to either strengthen itself or protect itself. And so every time that I create an action or I say a word that is doing something to either protect me or strengthen me, I know I'm acting out of the ego. Versus if I'm just acting and living and breathing out of a place of calmness, out of a place of contentment, and out of a place of I am already whole on my own, then that is how I know I'm no longer acting out of ego and I'm acting out of presence or consciousness. And so finding that sense of presence and finding that sense of consciousness is something that I think that we do have to be alone to do. And I think it's something that you don't have to run away to the BC mountains to do it for three weeks. I think that even just taking maybe 20 minutes a day to sit down and meditate, that's finding your sense of consciousness. That's anything that's going to pull you into the right now, anything that's going to pull you out of your ego, out of me, 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 and more into life, That is something that is pulling you out of the ego and giving it less power and putting you more into a state of presence and more into a state of wholeness with yourself. My latest motto that I have discovered on this trip, and I'm going to share it with you guys in case any of you want to steal it and use it, but lately whenever I find myself kind of dipping into a bit of a pessimistic attitude, I guess you could say, or even just you know when you're tired and you're kind of hungry and you're just kind of over the day or you're over whatever's happening in front of you. Even those days where I'm just like beating myself up or I'm like, I can't believe I didn't get this done. I can't believe that this happened or, oh my God, like just anything that just makes me feel like crap about myself. I constantly have been repeating this motto and it is, there is no enemy. Would you rather be right or free? It rhymes, so it's easy to remember, but the whole presence of it is that there is no enemy, meaning there is no enemy within yourself there's no enemy within the people around you. There's no enemy with the stranger walking by on the street, the guy that's riding your tail when you're in traffic. All of these things, including ourselves, we're not enemies. When we have an enemy mindset, when we think that there's always something out there that we have to protect ourselves against, then we're constantly going to be stuck in our ego and we're never going to enjoy our time alone. We're never going to enjoy our time in general on earth because we're constantly going to feel like we are at war or we need to protect ourselves or we need to fight to strengthen ourselves. And when we do that, we're constantly stuck in the ego, making it impossible for us to enjoy any time alone because when we're alone, we're suddenly like freaked out. Oh my God, what do we do? Now the enemy is myself. Now I need to beat myself up. Now I can't spend time alone. Now I need to be around other people so that I don't have to face these things that are actually deep down really kind of, you know, keeping me stuck in life and then following it up with would you rather be right or would you rather be free This is something that is such an earth shattering question every time I ask myself this because it's also just even with myself where I'm like, oh my God, I didn't get this done today or whatever pressures I'm putting on myself that day. When I ask myself, okay, do you want to be right or do you want to be free? It's like, you know what? You didn't get this done, but screw it. Do you want to be right in terms of feeling like crap about yourself or do you want to just be free from feeling like crap about yourself? Understand that you can't get everything you need to get done all the time. And instead, with that newfound freedom, let's get creative on how we can get that thing done rather than sit and fester over how much we didn't get it done and be so right about it that we feel like so much crap about ourselves that we don't end up getting it done anytime sooner. Do you know what I mean? So every time I have to say to myself, no matter if the enemy is myself, the enemy is a stranger, the enemy is someone that I care about, I ask, there is no enemy. Would you rather be right or would you rather be free? Because most of the times I think we would all just rather be free. We'd all rather be free from having to care or having to carry these heavy weights and nobody's forcing us to do it. Nobody's forcing us to have enemies. Nobody's forcing us to have a negative perception or perspective on the world. So when there is no enemy and we decide we'd rather be free and just stop caring so much about these things, then we're able to kind of fall back into a tune with life that makes us feel happy regardless of whether we're alone or whether we're surrounded by a sea of strangers or people we love. And with that, I'm going to dip out and take a bit of a mid-roll break while I tell you guys all about the amazing sponsors that are bringing you guys this episode today. So normally most mornings, the first thing I think about when I wake up is coffee. One thing I never used to think about is deodorant. I just used to swipe it on and go, but this is something that I use every day. So if there's a safer alternative out there, I'd wanna know about it. That's why I've got to tell you guys all about the aluminum free deodorant that has changed the game for me, and it's Copari. Copari's coconut deodorant is aluminum free deodorant that doesn't suck. Instead of plugging up your sweat glands, Copari's deodorant takes care of any smell without messing up your body's natural patterns. And most importantly, it actually works, it fights the odor with plant based actives, such as sage oil and coconut oil, and it outlasts your longest days. It's gotten a lot of love from editors at Cosmo and People, and there are thousands of five star reviews on Kopari's website from people who are now coconut converts. It's their number one selling product, and they can barely keep it in stock. The deodorant itself doesn't leave behind any sticky white residue, just the sweet subtle scent of fresh coconut milk, which is personally a favorite of mine. Coconut anything though is truly just a favorite of mine. It's also free of silicones, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, and baking soda, so it's great for sensitive skin. So knowing that there's a safe, clean option out there that works just as well and smells amazing, why wouldn't you want to try it? Kopari also offers a money-back guarantee, so there's no reason not to. So make sure you guys head over to koparibeauty.com talk. That is C-O-P-A-R-I-B-E-A-U-T-Y dot com slash T-A-L-K to make the safe switch today and see how you can save $5 off your first order. That's kopari.com slash talk.
2: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's angi.com.
1: So, next up, when it comes to learning how to kind of spend time by ourselves, I realized I kind of went off on my ramble at the beginning of this episode and ended up segueing more into ego and enemy. And that is something that, again, if you guys want me to do a full on Coffee Talk podcast about that, just totally let me know, and I can definitely do that because it's something that has been such a theme on this trip. But just in general, it's been such a 2018 theme, is really hunting down my ego. We've gone to battle quite a bit this year, and I feel like in this trip in general, we've kind of finally called a ceasefire and became friends, and so I don't let it control me as much anymore. Again, listen to me, I'm just like rambling and spiraling off, but bringing it back to today's topic in terms of spending time alone, which is the way that I actually did, you know, kind of face down my ego, I guess the next question would be how to find that type of seclusion or how to find time to be on your own. Because obviously for me right now, like going on this trip has been something that I had to kind of create for myself. But if I wasn't able to just run off to the mountains with my dog, what would I have done? Well, I think one of the easiest ways to find seclusion is to find a way to fit it into your daily routine, whether that's in the morning or at night, whatever it is, just even finding 15 minutes to do some meditation. Or if meditation totally isn't your thing, finding 15 to 20 minutes to just go for a walk on your own or do a little bit of yoga, do something that isn't going to create much multitask. You don't want your seclusion time to be like, okay, so when I take this 20 minutes alone, I'm going to, you know, brew myself a bubble bath, read this book, put on this episode in the background. And then like, that is going to be too distracting where technically you're still not alone. You still want to try and find some time that is necessarily doing something that pulls you into the present, And it makes you feel obviously relaxed and good, but also gives you time to reflect. And so that is why I love things like meditation. I love walking. I find one of the biggest things is being outside in nature. I think if you can get as far away from a city as possible while still feeling safe, um, but even just walking some nature trails and just without any headphones, without any cell phones, just, you know, be there and kind of witness life going on around you, whether that's through doing yoga, stretching, meditation, wherever you are, it opens up this doorway of a conversation with yourself where things start boiling up to the surface that you might not have time to think about or time to let those thoughts kind of formulate and materialize and bring forth to you the information that they're waiting to tell you because we're honestly, we're always go, go, go. We're constantly multitasked. We're constantly Trying to juggle a million things at once. So taking that alone time, even if you just make it a 15-minute chunk out of your everyday morning or everyday night before you go to bed, whatever it is, is going to make it super easy for you to not only keep a healthy balance of how much time you spend alone, but also keep a healthy balance and a healthy relationship within yourself. That is like no matter what comes through during those times, no matter what your brain tends to think when you're in those moments. You just accept it and think, well, this is where I'm at. So what do I do with it from here? And this can be different for everyone. I mean, maybe doing something like painting, it makes it easy for your hands to keep busy so that your mind can kind of run free or it's going to be completely different for every single person. Sometimes even running for me, I get my best thinking done when I'm running. Sometimes I get my best thinking done when I'm showering. Like it is going to be different every day and it's something that, You shouldn't try and put too much into a box and label it because that is an issue I've also had this year where I'm like, okay, I need to have my 30 minute morning yoga and then follow it up by my 20 minute meditation because sometimes the yoga meditation, you know, combo isn't pulling me into the ether of thoughts that I need to have. Sometimes it's biking or running or showering or whatever it is, but it's just finding something that my heart feels drawn to that day. Getting quiet enough to ask myself, what does my heart feel drawn to today? And then doing that thing solely just because it's coming from my gut. It's coming from like, this is what my heart slash gut or whatever it is that you think it's coming from wants to do today. And so I feel like if I just go do that by myself for 15, 20 minutes, something's going to come through or I'm going to get something out of it, even if it's just a sense of peace in my day and a sense of seclusion in my day. So have fun with it. Kind of get creative, see what you can do on your own, even if it's just going for a little tiny walk with your dog. Like it could be so many different things and just trying to find something to include every single day or a chunk of time. You don't even have to find a specific thing. Just that chunk of time to spend alone is going to open up so much more of a connection within yourself and a dialogue with yourself to constantly keep on top of, okay, have I been acting out of my ego lately? How have I been feeling about this lately? How Do I feel in terms of what age I am right now? Do I really feel like I could be doing more? Do I feel like I could maybe be doing a little less and be a little bit easier on myself, have a little bit more compassion for myself? What's been going on lately? That is what that time is going to give you, that chance to just be like, okay, life, what's going on? (laughs) I have to say that taking this time for myself has been one of the most eye-opening experiences that I've had in a really, really long time. And I I know that I can be, like, I'm a water sign, okay? And I know that this is not necessarily everybody's cup of tea. And I don't even 100% believe in horoscopes. I just think that they're really cool. And I think that they can kind of work for all of us, no matter what sign you are. But I do have to say I resonate a lot with the characteristics of my sign, which has made me realize that I'm a bit of a sensitive person. And I'm also really into the idea of, Things being bigger than what we are. And that includes just life and energy and all of these things. And I am a big, big believer that we are all constantly emitting some sort of energy. You can tell just by the way you walk by a stranger, the way they're walking, the way their face looks, the way if they look at you, if they turn away from you, like we are speaking a language at all times, not just through our words. And so I have started to become more in tune with my own language and being able to kind of recognize when my language is very self-defeating and keeping me from enjoying my life. And it's keeping me from not only that, just enjoying everything that there is that is in front of me. I can tell when my universal language, I guess you could say, or my own personal language is kind of writing a story of victim or it's writing a story of sadness or it's writing a story of stress and anxiety. And I can tell now from taking this time alone when I need to cut it off, how I need to cut it off, and what I need to replace that storyline with or what I need to tune into in order to get out of that mindset. I think that's something that we're all gonna be constantly learning. I think it's something that I will continue to get better at, hopefully, as time goes on. But for the age that I'm at right now and for where I'm at in life right now, I have to give myself the credit of feeling a lot better about that understanding of my own language than I felt even just before going into this trip. Like I said, I stared down my ego a lot on this trip and I caught myself in mindsets and perspectives and attachments that I've had for a very, very, very long time that I've really had to question and I really had to say to myself, like, this is not serving me. Like, this is not making me feel good. This is something that really gets in my way. This is a big obstacle for me. And if I don't challenge this belief and I don't challenge this attachment, I'm gonna continue to be stuck here, this is going to continue to pop up as a problem for me in my life until I'm ready to face it and stare it down and drop it and get rid of it and move past it. And that is not an easy thing to do, but it's something that I think that if I didn't take the time alone to really work through it and to dip my, you know, mind into all of the different pools that was feeding into this one pond that was feeding into this belief that was feeding into this problem I was having in my life, I wouldn't have been able to I guess, face it or drain the pond, if I'm gonna continue with this metaphor. It's something that I have to say, I can't put into full words, and I know I keep saying that about this trip and I'm sorry, but I really truly just don't know how to express the sense of connection I feel with the way that I'm thinking again and connection I feel to the way that I wanna live my life again. That is why I think no matter who we are, what we do, where we are in this world, we need to have that balance of spending just a little bit of time alone to make sure that we're constantly cleaning out our mental closets and keeping ourselves feeling light and fresh and connected and confident within ourselves so that we can turn around and emit that energy outwards. Because if we are constantly emitting energy, and like I said, I like to believe that we are, I think that everything we do causes a ripple I think that if we are feeling good and connected within, then our ripple kind of does that on the outside and we ripple off this contentment, we ripple off this happiness, we ripple off this joy that then affects the people around us that makes them want to also tune into that same frequency. and so. In conclusion, I think that taking time alone to make sure that we're fine-tuning our frequency is important, not only for the people around us, but also for ourselves to make sure that we're all constantly happy. And I think everybody deserves to do that. I know that one day I'm going to be surrounded by kids or I'm going to be taking some trips with my hot husband <laughs> or I'll be, you know, surrounded by friends or swept up in family. And I'm going to think back on these times of self-discovery and taking some time alone and just traveling alone or just being alone or living alone or whatever chapter of life that comes that I feel I'm a little bit more of a lone wolf. And I'm gonna look back on it in terms of appreciation for the chance to really get to know myself and to warm up to myself before throwing my whole life into everyone and everything else that I know is coming my way. Which is why I am going to continue to appreciate the last few days that I have here, even though I'm going to be with family, but still, I'm going to take everything I've learned on this trip, go spend some time with the people I love, get home, be around more friends that I haven't seen in weeks and just, you know, take all of the things that I've learned from this solo time with me and really start putting them into practice and to good use and continue to make that little piece of alone time in the morning my routine. And if I can't get in the morning, then to do it at night and just constantly make sure that I'm fine tuning my frequency, staring down the eyes of my ego And constantly making sure to just feel a sense of peace and contentment and fullness within so that I can turn around and admit it without. So that's all I have for you guys today with today's Coffee Talk episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Let me know by, you know, you can tweet or Instagram me or just leave something in the comments if you guys are here on Castbox and just tell me what you guys want to hear more of in these Coffee Talk podcasts. Tell me, do you like spending time alone? Do you not like spending time alone? Where do you fit on that kind of, you know, radar? And also feel free to just like, we should just make it a thing where you guys also tell me what coffee order you're drinking while you listen, because I feel like that's just That should be something we should all share (laughs) because I'm constantly telling you guys what I'm drinking and I love knowing what other people drink because I like to switch up my drink order every now and then. So definitely keep me posted. And aside from that, I am going to leave you guys here. So make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff because it's super duper helpful in terms of getting coffee talk more well circulated on the interweb. And I will talk to all of you guys next Monday. Bye, guys.